Welcome back to the Galveston Experience podcast produced at the studios of RadioGalveston.com, located inside the Galveston Experience Company there at 15th and Seawall Boulevard. We're up to episode 93, and it's also going to be our second edition of the Scuttlebutt with Mike Dudas. Last time we learned about the Seafarer Center and uh, in the days since we found out there's a few new events coming up at the Seafarer Center. One is Free Coffee Fridays. It starts on July 17th and the other is a blood drive that they'll be having on July 31st and you can get details on that on our calendar page at RadioGalveston.com or also on the new Galveston Digital Guide. There's a link to that. You can download it from the Apple or the Google stores. It's really a cool app. It's everything you want to know about Galveston Island, all about the beaches, things to do, dog-friendly activities, family fun, free activities, and much, much more, so uh, do check that out. And back on the calendar page, you'll find all of the events happening on the island. So let's get to the uh, second edition of the Scuttlebutt with Mike Dudas, and this time around we will meet Carol Hodges of the Noon Optimist Club. One of the great things about our island is a wide range of organizations that support and enrich our community. I am Mike Dudas, and on this episode, I am proud to have as my guest, Carol Hodges, who will give us a scuttlebutt on the Noon Optimist Club of Galveston. Good afternoon, Carol. Hi, Mike. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for joining us on um, this particular podcast. Um, I guess the first obvious question is, what is um, the Optimist Club? So the Optimist Club is part of Optimist International. It is a civic organization that was formed 100 years ago. Uh, it deals with bringing out the best in youth, uh, community, and yourself. And so there's really kind of three missions, if you will, that are part of it. Focus really is on youth projects, and that's what we're really about. Uh, we've been here locally for 80 years. We celebrated our 80th anniversary this past April. So kind of exciting times for us. We've made it 80 years so far. Wow, congratulations on that. So that's pretty awesome. So the national organization, Optimus International, has um, been around for 100 years, and the local um, club has been around for 80 years. So I take it it's probably one of the first clubs um, that was formed, right? It was. We uh, look here in the South Texas area, and there's a couple clubs that were formed in the 30s. In fact, um, our parent club, if you will, was up in downtown Houston, and they were the the parent of a number of clubs, obviously, in this area, they formed in the late, they were like late 20s, early 30s. So we're pretty close to being up there as, as far as seniority goes within the organization. I know a while back you did some research um, going through the Galveston Daily News archives, um, finding old um, news articles and photos and clippings uh, of the local club throughout the years. Um, looking back, what kind of struck you the most about the club's involvement in the community? Well, I think, again, when you look at when the club was formed in 1940, we were just really almost not quite into World War II, but that was coming. Uh, and the focus at that point was on boys. It was originally formed as friend of the delinquent boy, then friend of boy, and then now you know, as friend of youth. And their focus was on sports. And when they first formed, a lot of what they did essentially were baseball. And it was interesting to look at because this is pre-Little League so that the Optimist Club really was involved in the original baseball teams and the leagues that were for youth uh, were started by the Optimist Club. And so it was kind of neat to see the, the clippings of, of people and actually um, looking at Leroy Nasky, who has one of the fa- uh, fields named for him now in Galveston, was a member of the Optimist Club and was involved in 
the baseball teams as far as when they were first starting them here. So it's kind of neat to look at and see our history. So it's interesting to hear how the club's activity and involvement in the community in the community has evolved over the years, but still maintain that youth focus. Yes, I certainly am. Again, it was primarily uh, focused on sports. Baseball was there. Um, they were involved in soccer and, and when soccer was first again starting here. So it's been this big push on, on sports. Now, as, as that has evolved over the years and you actually have the leagues forming and a different level, um, it's taken a little bit different focus. Though I'd say our longest program actually within the club and within Optimus International is the oratorical contest, uh, which has been kind of exciting this year in particular because our club ended up with both the first and third place winners at the district level. And we're talking a $2,500 scholarship for a first place winner, $1,000 for the third place winner. And our first place winner will actually be completing at the World Oratorical Contest that will be taking place in the middle of July, which is kind of exciting. That is really awesome. And um, I'm assuming that particular student goes to Ball High? Yes, she does. Samitha is, uh, has been president of our Junior Optimist Club. Um, outstanding student at, um, at Ball High and actually graduated the spring as did Owen Earl who was the third place winner both of them are Ball High 2020 grads so it's kind of neat to see them and I'm wishing them well one's going to be going on to the University of Texas one to the University of Houston so they're staying in state which is kind of neat to see so uh, that's the oratorical contest and what are some of the other youth contests Another one that has been a big focus for us has been our essay contest, and Owen actually won first place at our club contest and went on to the district level. Now, it didn't win a district, but again, it's um, one of those things that is easy to do. Uh, the theme for both of this year were around Imagine and different focuses of that. The theme changes each year. Uh, we should be having the new topics coming out probably within the next month or so. We'll need the, need the topics for this coming school year. And we definitely always get those out to the schools so their students can start to prepare. Also, looking at my notes, there's the Tex Ann and Tex Annie um, program. Tell us about that. Okay, now that actually is no longer um, in existence. We did have a scholarship program for a while that we were using South Texas with North Texas. Um, and we, the last several years that our club had been involved with, we've had at least one monthly winner each year. And Smith actually won for the 2019 year, was, was recognized for that, and we were fortunate enough to do a like $750 scholarship there. So unfortunately that program is phasing out as different things have come along, so it's not available anymore. But it was, it was fun while it was out there. So right now the two big academic contests that the club participates in is in the essay and the oratorical contest. Yes, those are our two big ones. They're both scholarship programs. Uh, we also have the option, and it's something we, we've explored but haven't really been able to get off. There is a communication contest for the deaf and hard of hearing that's also out there also as a scholarship program. So it's something that's available. We would just need to see kind of what the interest would be within the community to set up and actually do that. But it's something we could explore. And if a student wants to get involved in one of those um, contests, the essay or oratorical, how do they enter? Well, the information, uh, once the new topics are released, will be available on the optimist.org website, um, as well as we do get it out to um, people at the schools, as far as the counselors go, at, at the high school, both Ball High and O'Connell, and the middle schools. And so the, the counselors will have that information, or certainly they can contact us. Um, we do have a Facebook page, Optimist Club of Galveston Noon, and they can message us through there, and we'll make sure that the information gets out to them as well. 
So that's typically the older older um, students, the high school age student. But um, from what I understand, um, our local club here in Galveston also has a very important and very popular program for the youth of Galveston. Yes, we have been doing the Chicken Club since the mid-1980s, so now we're talking 35 years. That is an anti-drug, positive peer pressure, anti-bullying program. And it has evolved over the years as things have changed, but basically we have been with the fourth graders. It's open to all of the public and the public charter schools on the island. Um, we go in, have in the past have gone in about six times during the school year, have a different kind of theme program. And so usually within about a week, we'll hit six or seven elementary schools. Uh, we've traditionally had the kids come into the gym during one of their special times and we'll do the program for them. They have an option of getting a chicken club t-shirt. Uh, we do little goodie bags in the holidays. There's a kite in the spring. But the focus again is looking at the letters in chicken. Um, the first C stands for cool. Um, the H for honest, the I for intelligent. The second C is clear headed. The K is now, had been keen, we switched that to kind now. The E is energetic and the N is not into drugs. So again, it's kind of, you know, you're not a bully, um, you know to stay in school, you know not to do drugs, you know, kind of those are the focus of the program every time we come. And it's a lot of fun because we bring in some guest speakers, uh, we try and uh, interact with the local police departments, emergency management people, uh, EMS, uh, fire, different groups to come in. Again, so the kids get to see those people in a more positive sort of environment. And I think that's important as well. Are there any other ongoing programs that the local Optimist Club sponsors in addition to the academic contest and the chicken club? Well, we try and sponsor or support um, other programs here in the community, like uh, we have been involved in, uh, within the uh, Children's Museum. Um, we're always a sponsor with our fairy tale ball, and we've been involved in helping set that up and have been really excited to be a part of that in the last five, almost six years now that that's been around. Uh, we uh, have been Childhood Cancer Connection because Childhood Cancer is a big program of Optimus International, so we have linked in with the Rainbow um, Camp and Childhood Cancer Connection through UTMB. We actually sponsored a uh, parent education training, um, co-sponsored a parent education training last fall with them. So we look at you know those sorts of things. And we've got a couple other options now. Um, Optimus International has an internet safety program, and we're looking at maybe some revamping on that that we can do and get that up and current and out to the schools because it certainly is an issue that we're aware is, is becoming even more critical as people become more and more onto um, the internet. So a lot of different things. And we're always open for new programs. I mean, that's kind of, we have standard ones. We're always open for something new. Uh, we were talking about one just today at our meeting about a, the, with the fire department that we may look at linking in with. So always kind of fun to see what's out there. Anything, again, bringing out the best in kids, bringing out the best in community, and certainly bringing out the best in yourself. It's kind of a fun thing to look at it that way. How does the local club underwrite these activities? Well, we have, um, obviously there's dues. The dues in and of themselves primarily are, they're $100 a year. Um, and of that, a small portion stays here. So our big link has been on fundraisers. Um, and traditionally, we had been a Christmas tree sale um, out there on the corner, you know, from Thanksgiving to, you know, right before Christmas doing it. 
but that has, you know, it, again, that's different things have, have changed the impact of that. And very few clubs do that nowadays. We uh, had looked at doing mistletoe. We sold mistletoe during Dickens, and we'll probably continue to do that. Uh, we've linked into um, a digital fundraising uh, thing called Terry Lynn, which sells uh, sorts of nuts and different programs. So, uh, and that seems to be the way a lot of clubs are doing is digital fundraising. And it was a big topic at our international convention that we just held this past weekend. So that's kind of exploring that a bit as well as how we do it. So it's again, it's basically that. We also have a foundation, um, the OI Foundation, and we have the option of people. Um, there's two different ways that people can donate and get charitable. Um, we can do a pass-through for a specific project. It goes up to OI. The person donating gets the charitable write-off for it. Then the money comes back to the club to use for that project. Uh, we also have a um, ca club campaign fund actually managed by Optimus International Foundation for us, and that is where we can actually, again, people get charitable credit for donating to it, but the money sits there, and then we pull from it as we need it for projects. So, you know, several different ways that we, we look at it. When and where is the um, local meetings held? So again, we're an old traditional club. Uh, we meet Wednesdays at noon uh, here on the island at Fishtails up on the second floor. So, you know, 25th and Seawall. And you're, we're usually in the Jamel room unless we've got a bigger program come on. And then we, uh, we use one of the back rooms here. Um, so again, and it's not a mandatory to make the meetings. Uh, but we encourage people again for the fellowship and the, and the fun of it. So Wednesdays at noon is kind of a big thing, unless it falls on a holiday, and then we tend not to meet. But so um, yeah, I've attended several of the meetings, and it seems very friendly and formal. Um, if if a member um, cannot attend, they're not fined or anything like that. No. We're pretty pretty nice about it. I mean, and again, this has been something that's changed. People's lives have changed. So. You know, Wednesday noon meeting back in 1940 was kind of traditional standard businessmen. And again, it was businessmen back then because women didn't come into the club until the 1980s. Um, they would meet. And it was networking. Well, it's still networking. It's just a different focus on it. And, um, you know, we're looking with the times to actually uh, hooking it up now to perhaps where we can get Zoom going. And so people that can't make the meeting, if they still wanted to get involved, get, they can sit at their office and link in on Zoom and be involved in it, that would be a, a possibility. And we certainly, you know, we do email and text and newsletters so people um, stay involved and know what's going on with the club as well. So important things. The big thing is, is uh, if we're doing a project and people want to step up and do it, that's really where we're looking at. In about the one minute we have left, um, today's episode featuring the new Optimist Club of Galveston. Carol, what's the most rewarding part about being a part of the Optimist program? It's the optimism itself and spreading that to people. Um, at any time, I mean, if you look at it again, 1940, when our club was started to now, people want hope and they want, they want to be optimistic. They want to believe in it. And to me, the Optimist Creed, which you can certainly, people can Google it and pull it up, um, is really the part of it. And that's partly, again, with any of our programs that, that we focus on what's optimism, what's it mean to you? And that, to me, is the ultimate part of all of this. And certainly, our theme for this coming year is going to be choosing optimism, and I think it's so appropriate. Well, Carol, thank you very much and for giving us the scuttlebutt on the Noon Optimist Club of Galveston. If you or any of our listeners are 
interested in becoming a part of the program, you can certainly contact us here at RadioGalveston.com or just show up to a weekly meeting. I'm sure they'll welcome you with the open arms. You've been listening to The Scuttlebutt on RadioGalveston.com. I am Mike Dudas. Um, if you would like to have your organization group or yourself featured on a future Scuttlebutt, please contact me here at RadioGalveston.com, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, Mike. And coming up on the next Scuttlebutt, it's going to be Anthony Jensen of Zap Realty. Interesting times in real estate, and I'm sure we'll be discussing all of that and more. And again, if you have somebody in mind that would be a good guest for a future Scuttlebutt, Mike Dudas's page can be found at RadioGalveston.com, as well as the calendar page for all the stuff happening on the island. So hopefully we'll see you down on the island. Social distancing, of course. Uh, be smart, be safe. And uh, of course, the beach is a great place to do that as long as we keep our distance or uh, stop by and uh, check us out here at 1522 Seawall Boulevard, Radio Galveston, located inside the Galveston Experience Company. So hopefully we'll see you in one of those places. If not, we'll look for you next time right here on the Galveston Experience Podcast.